The Kings got three out of a possible four points in their two games played since our last show. I'll tell you why that's not necessarily a positive thing as we recap wins over the Sharks and an overtime loss to the Senators. Plus, Brant Clark's time in Ontario is up. Now what? We'll discuss that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 890 subscribers, just 10 away from our goal of 900 by the end of October. Looks like we're going down to the wire to see if we can hit that 900 in the next two days or not. If you have liked and subscribed, thank you very much for your support of the YouTube channel. And thank you to all for watching and listening Locked on LA Kings. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. The past 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It is a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 16 years. And of course, a very passionate LA Kings fan for 30 plus years. Hopefully you can tell by my voice that I am feeling better and hopefully sounding better since our last show, which was of course last Friday, as I have been battling with the flu and bronchitis. And normally put out the show a little bit earlier than I am on this Monday, but just got back out of a couple days out of town on a little bit of a vacation. Uh, So hopefully that helped me to kind of rest and relax as well. Well, since we last spoke, the Kings picked up three out of a possible four points, and they might be trying to sell that that is a positive thing. And maybe ultimately it is. But if you watched both of those games it was hard to come away with a really good feeling about the way the Kings have been playing, in my opinion, anyway. Um, we're going to give you a quick recap of Friday's game in San Jose and last night's vic- uh, loss, I should say, against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, as far as the game on Friday, uh, the Kings beat the Sharks heading into the weekend 5-2 in the only game in San Jose this season, which just seems bizarre to me. Uh, but the Kings, uh, frankly, took advantage of some pretty shoddy goaltending by the Sharks. Uh, their goaltender, James Reimer, did not have a good night. Uh, Jared Anderson Dolan scored the first goal of the game and his first of the season. He played pretty well uh, to give L.A. a one nothing lead um, on a shot that, again, goalie James Reimer should have really stopped. Philip Deneau scored his seventh of the season on the power play for L.A., and they had a 2-1 lead after the first period. Second period, Victor Arvidsson made it 3-1 to one with his seventh of the season on a shot that Reimer also should have probably stopped. And the Kings let the Sharks get back in the game when defenseman Sean Dersey made an even worse play than the one he made on opening night against Vegas, although in the end not as impactful. But Dersey compacted a bad decision to pass the puck through the middle of his uh, own zone uh, with a uh, partial fan of the pass. Uh, it ended up going right to a Sharks player in front of the net, and he would tap it in past a, a bewildered Jonathan Quick. That made it 3-2 two after two. In the third, Rasmus Kupari, uh, his second of the season, made it 4-2 on a shot that Reimer definitely should have stopped. And then Andre Kopitar sealed the win with an empty net goal. Jonathan Quick did play well in net, 29 saves on 31 shots, and the Kings skate away with the victory. Again, that I, I'm not saying... They should feel bad about it necessarily. I just think uh, 
a lot of uh, fortunate bounces for the Kings in that one as far as the goaltending for San Jose was really, really off par on that night. But the Kings took advantage of their situation, and that's the most important thing. Uh, when you're playing against uh, lesser competition, then you need to take advantage and get two points, and that's what they did in San Jose. So the Kings then returned home for a game against um, an equally subpar team in the visiting Ottawa Senators. And for whatever reason, in this opening period, the Kings came out absolutely lethargic and did not compete much in the opening period. They fell behind one nothing, and they were outshot 19-8. to The Kings would rally back Arthur Kaliev, scoring a pair of power play goals in the second period. The Kings would find themselves tied at two, Heading into third, played a much better second period than the first, although it would have been hard to play a worse first period than the Kings did, but a better second. And in the third, the Kings played by far their best period, but of course it resulted in no goals. Uh, and then they went to overtime, just 20 seconds into the overtime, and Ottawa's Claude Drew scored on a breakaway. Uh, Drew Doughty was the lone defenseman on the ice with a three-on-three, and it was as if he forgot Drew was on the ice, as he literally took his time from the blue line in and was able to score on Jonathan Quick, who, again, didn't get much support from his teammates on that one. Quick, in the end, would uh, make 36 saves on 39 shots in the loss, uh, but hard to blame him, certainly, on that game winner. For Arthur Kaliev, he has eight goals this season, six of them coming on the power play to lead the LA Kings. But again, the Kings um, did pick up three out of a possible four points. Overall, now in the season, 12-9-3, in this last uh, couple of games since uh, we last spoke to you. So the question is, how should we feel about how the Kings played uh, in these last couple of games? Again, three out of a possible four points. It's it's possible to put a, a good spin on it in that regard. Um, and I guess I can't tell you how you feel about it, but I'm going to tell you how I feel about it uh, in just a second. But before we get into that, I do need to let you know that this update is brought to you by Simply Safe. Over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally. To help combat those porch pirates, our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that families can feel more safe and secure this holiday season. Simply Safe has advanced technology, allowing you to control your system through your phone with an app. You can watch crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. There are even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. That is, again, simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. There is no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so again, how do you feel about the way the Kings played with a win in San Jose and an overtime loss at home against the Ottawa Senators? And to be honest, I can't tell you how you feel. I don't feel great about the way they played in either game. Um, They were okay in San Jose, and again, they got the two points in a fairly comfortable win. Um, But I think in particular, the Ottawa game has me very concerned, especially the way they came out and played in the opening period of that game. Um, they were sleepwalking through the opening period of that game. Why? Uh, this makes no sense. And it's a very discouraging sign 
I mean, you are clearly the better team. You're on home ice. You just came off a win on the road. What? I mean, Ottawa played okay. Um, and maybe by their standards, they played played great. But for the Kings to come out and show no energy, not much focus, and just kind of go through the motions, um, that's a pretty huge indictment on this team, I think. And look, I get it. Not every period is going to be great. But for them to just, again, come out first game back after a road game, you've got a lesser opponent in your building, a great opportunity to bank two points, and I don't know. Did they think that they were just going to show up and and Ottawa was going to roll over for them? Um, I mean, there's enough veterans on this team that I'm sure they know that honestly, you're, you're every opponent you face is going to probably come out and try and give give you their best shot. Um, but in the end, you would think that talent would win out. But when you come out and don't even compete for the first period, allow them to get a lead and an important goal early. And then you're now you're coming, trying, you know, battling back from behind. Uh, that just doesn't speak well to the character of this team and the coaching. And uh, if you've watched this podcast or listened to it, I've told you I'm Mr. Positive. I look, I work in my normal job at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I know what sells on Sports Talk Radio, right? It's to call players and coaches out, to say people should be fired, people should be traded sky is falling radio people love to eat that stuff up it's not my style necessarily um i just like to be you know the facts are the facts and to me the facts right now involving this king's team too often than not um i'm just really concerned with the way this team is playing and i don't really understand why they are uh, kind of at times there and times not there. And this has kind of been an ongoing theme, but I think at this point in the season, and we're now 24 games into the season, I don't know. You know we, we've met, talked about like being at the quarter pole of the season and I'm not sure what, where you are with this. And I'm certainly curious where Rob Blake, the GM of the team is with this, because he's seeing what you and I are seeing. And what we're seeing is a team that is so inconsistent. And is it possible for the Kings to get it together and start playing like the team that we think they should be playing like more often than not? It's possible. Uh, if you want to look around the league, not too long ago, there was a St. Louis Blues team who not that long ago won a Stanley Cup. And they were talking about maybe a coaching change with the Blues. They had lost, I believe, like seven or eight in a row. And suddenly they went on a winning streak kind of out of nowhere and things have kind of stabilized in St. Louis for the moment. So that talk has kind of gone away. Is it possible for the Kings to do something like that? Yeah, it's possible. Um, but do you believe that's going to happen based on what we've seen in 24 games? It's becoming harder and harder for me to believe that that's going to happen. It's becoming more and more and more easy for me to believe that what we've seen in 24 games Maybe what we're going to see for most of the season, again, that this team can uh, play with the best teams in the league, can occasionally beat some of those teams, and they can also lose to just about anybody. Uh, there's no consistency with this team. They've had a few decent runs here and there, but it always gets followed up by a couple of setbacks. So, like I said, this is not a new theme. We've seen it going forward. Um, or we've seen it to this point, will we continue to see it going forward? I, I will say I don't have a ton of confidence uh, 
that something is going to change soon just because it's going to click and everything's going to start firing the way it should. Um, the Kings could make uh, some sort of blockbuster trade, but I don't think that that's realistic right now. We've talked about it before. In the offseason, the Kings made a major move to upgrade the team, bringing in Kevin Fiala. The Kings have been relatively healthy so far this year. Yeah, Alex Iafala has been out for a while, and there are a couple of players that have missed some time here and there, um, but relatively healthy compared to some other teams in the NHL for sure. And yet they haven't figured it out to this point. And so I don't think, I don't see them making some kind of major trade. It's possible. Um, but what does seem more and more probable is a coaching change. And I'm not necessarily calling for that. I'm just saying it's harder and harder for me to watch this team and not consider that possibility, especially that first period against Ottawa. Um, I'm not giving the players a free pass by any stretch. Ultimately, it's on the players. They're the ones on the ice, and they're the ones accountable for what the final score is. But in the end, the coach does bear some responsibility as well. And we, if you watch sports, especially the NHL, uh, coaching changes in hockey are fairly common and usually get results. The question is, is Rob Blake seeing the same things we are? I'm pretty sure he is. Um, is he starting to wonder if this is a move that's going to have to be made at some point? Are we there yet? I would say no, but it's starting to increasingly feel like we're getting there. Um, I, I like Todd McClellan, um, but that doesn't matter. Um, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good guy. I certainly enjoy working with him as, as a media member, as a fan. I think he's a pretty forthcoming guy. I think he's pretty honest and upfront about what's going on with the team when you watch press conferences. And there are a lot of coaches out there in different sports who tell you nothing. They, you know, they, there's coaches out there who have mastered the art of, of talking without really telling you anything. It's all just a bunch of coach speak. I don't think that's Todd McClellan. So this certainly has nothing to do with that. Ultimately, though, I care about the Kings winning. I care about them putting a good performance on the ice because I'm a fan of the team. So... Uh, like I said, I, I don't want this to be every time the Kings lose that we get out the pitchforks uh, and the and the torches and and talk about firing the coach. But like I said, when you watch the first period against the Senators and you, you're like, where is the effort with this team? Now, they did play better in the second and the third. Maybe I, I, Todd McClellan, I, we're not in the locker room with him, so I don't know what he had to say to them in between periods. Maybe he absolutely tore the wallpaper off that place and read them the riot act and, you know, called out their professionalism and their heart or whatever. Um, and he's not going to share that with us likely and either of the players, but there were some things that needed to be said. I'm guessing there were, um, like I said, the Kings did play better, but he shouldn't have to tell them, Hey guys, let's come out and uh, play really hard in the first period against this team and put them kind of, you know, behind the eight ball, get them wondering because this is a team that hasn't had a lot of success this year. You get a couple goal lead on them. Maybe they're thinking, okay, here we go again. Another, another loss. Um, but they didn't do that. They let Ottawa come in, kind of push them around, do what they wanted to do, get some confidence. And they were able to hold on at the end and, and then get that overtime win on, on what was some sort of a breakdown in overtime. How do you, you know, leaving a guy all alone at center ice. Uh, that's probably not a very good strategy. Uh, as far as how to defend, especially three-on-three three overtime where there's a lot of open ice. So, again, um, 
I'm I'm not one of those guys who normally says fire the coach. I'm not real reactionary, but like I said, to repeat myself, we've seen 24 games of this up and down, good and bad, two steps forward, one step back. Um, three out of a possible four points is not uh, on the surface bad, but when you're playing two of the lesser teams in the league, one of them on home ice, and you don't put two uh, two points away in each game, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. And then again, overall, if you just look at the box score, you'd say, oh, that's pretty good. It's, it's acceptable. But the way they played, um, it's not good enough to me at the moment. Now they got a big game coming up on Tuesday against the Seattle team that has opened a ton of eyes. It's an important divisional game against the team that is in front of them in the standings. If they don't show up for this game, um, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. So we'll, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know when Rob Blake is scheduled to meet with the media again. Um, but I haven't seen any quotes from him. And again, I wouldn't expect anything necessarily, but, um, I don't think it's just me that is wondering about a coaching change. And again, I'm not saying it has to happen today. I am saying though, that I think it is fair to have the conversation. It's fair for us to talk about it. I think it's fair for Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille behind closed doors to talk about it, to wonder aloud maybe if they were to make a change, who's available out there, maybe even take it to ownership and say, we're thinking about this. What are your thoughts on it? Um, What are you willing to pay if we were willing to go out and maybe get a a top-notch coach because we think we have the talent on the ice? I think all those things are worthy of being discussed. The Kings can still turn it around. They can still have a fine season. Todd McCullough can still be the coach of this team. But the trajectory that they're on at the moment, do you feel like it's going to change? Do you feel like things are going to turn around based on what we've seen for 24 games? It could happen. Do I feel like it's going to happen? Right now, I don't. I don't. So I think those discussions are fair to have. And so we're having it. I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, the email address, as you know, is lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. Uh, we will have our Friday feedback segment, and uh, we'll see how the Kings play between now and then. Again, big game on on Tuesday against the uh, Kraken. If they come out and just kick the Kraken's ass, that, may, that certainly would quiet things for the moment. But uh, it's, like, like I said, this is where we are at the moment as far as I'm concerned. There were a couple of roster moves to talk about uh, over the past couple of games. Obviously, Sean Dursey returned to the lineup uh, in place of Jacob Movarari. He was uh, uh, scratched because of health issues for a couple of games. Um, Dursey back, and then he made a terrible play against the Sharks. And frankly, I would have benched him against Ottawa for that play. Um, as you probably well know, Sean Dursey had a very bad play in the season opener that cost the Kings at least a point. They ended up losing an overtime at home to a very good Vegas Golden Knights team. Sean Dursey is a guy that I have said in the past, I like. I like his offensive upside. I think he's decent enough defensively. I don't know what's going on with some of his decision-making. And it seems like the more time he has to make a decision, the worse it is. It's like he thinks about it too much. And then he decides to do something utterly unacceptable. The play against Vegas was awful, but it was the first game of the year. You hoped he would learn from it and move on. He's had a few gaps here and there. It's going to happen to every player 
That play against San Jose, I cannot tell you for the life of me what in the world he was doing. Uh, it was an awful decision, number one, and it was even worse execution, number two, and it was a tap-in goal. Uh, fortunately, it didn't cost the Kings a point, um, but he, I, I think the time to be patient with a young player like Sean Dursey, to me, because of the way the Kings are playing, and because they can't afford to just give goals away, uh, to me, the message is, you do that again, and you're going to sit and watch for a while. But uh, Todd McCullen put it back in the lineup against Ottawa. There were no issues in that game, really, to speak of, that were too glaring. Um, but in the end, um, I, I would have benched him for that game and, and for a few games. But we'll, we'll see how it goes going forward. I'm obviously rooting for the guy. Um, there's nothing in it for me to, you know, be proven right that, you know, he's had his – I mean, everybody knows he's had his issues. This is not news. You guys you guys watch the games just as much as I do. So, um, again, I'm rooting for Sean Dursey. I do think there's definitely talent there, especially on the offensive side of things. But if he makes a mistake like that, again, his ass is sitting up in the press box with people like me eating popcorn for a few games. I, I just uh, – it's time to start holding guys accountable. And I thought that I, I would have not played him in the game against Ottawa. Um, also, uh, this is not good news, um, but it doesn't seem like it's – Devastating news. Forward Gabe Velarde did not play against the Senators, uh, the Kings' leading goal scorer, because of an upper body injury. They're saying he's day-to-day, so we'll see if hopefully he's back right back in the lineup against Seattle. He's been replaced by a guy that I'm not a fan of in Leas Anderson, although, frankly, Anderson did have a nice start with Ontario in the AHL, so he's been given a chance to be promoted and come up and uh, show what he can do. Uh, did not do much noticeable at all playing on that third line uh, for the Kings' Um, in the Ottawa game. Um, so um, we'll see how that goes uh, going forward as my phone is ringing. And I apologize for that, you guys. That's uh, it's turned off. I have no idea why it's making that noise. So anyway, apologies. Um, so hopefully Gabe will already be back in the lineup sooner rather than later, because that's um, obviously a piece that the Kings need. Uh, you need your leading goal scorers. It doesn't seem like it's serious, but uh, did miss the uh, Ottawa game. Uh, with that injury. Uh, another important player that we uh, are waiting news on, and we've been waiting for a little while, is young star defenseman Brant Clark. Uh, we have an update and uh, of sorts to talk about with Brant Clark, and also a real quick preview of the Seattle game. All that coming up in just a second, but I need to remind you that this update is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, seats, uh, excuse me, stats, news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer the world cup going on usa's got a big game coming up on tuesday against iran uh, also esports uh, they've got it all at uh, betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at betonline as well they are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more that is betonline where the game starts so we have an update on Brant Clark, sort of. Uh, the Kings' young talented defenseman has played out his 14-game conditioning assignment with the Ontario Reign in the AHL, something the Kings kind of found a loophole in, in that whole NHL-OHL agreement that allowed Clark to get a little playing time in the AHL. Clark has, as you probably know, also played his nine-game limit in the NHL. One more game and the first year of his entry-level contract will kick in, so... Now what? Well, the World Junior Championships are coming up again. Uh, and you might be saying, didn't we just have that event? And the answer is yes, 
uh, this past September, I believe it was, um, was the COVID delayed and rescheduled World Junior Championship. It's normally a Christmas time event, but because of COVID, they had to push it back. So um, if you've been paying attention to that, there's been some drama involving Team Canada and Brant Clark. Um, they were supposed to pick him for the original scheduled playing of the World Juniors this past year, and they didn't, which was controversial because he's appears to be clearly the best defenseman available. Uh, so then they had a second chance to invite him to the rescheduled World Junior Championships, and they did bring him into training camp, only to snub him for a second time. Uh, now, there's been a lot of controversy going on with Team Canada um, as far as the organization itself. There have been some sexual assault scandals, one of the past, one of the not-so-distant past. And from what I understand, following that story from afar, they've pretty much cleaned house with the management of that um, of that entity. So how does that affect, I assume, the coaching staff's been changed over as well? I'm not 100% sure on that. So there's a possibility there are new coaches and new a new general manager in place this time around for Team Canada. So that could possibly bode well. For Brant Clark, the bottom line is this. Um, it appears that the Kings are looking for Brant Clark, hopefully, to play in the World Juniors and get some more experience on a high level at a marquee event, assuming they don't snub him again. Um, now, And if he does that, um, that event would end at a certain point. Um, and I believe I read that there'll be about 40 games left in the NHL regular season, once the World Juniors have concluded. So now the question is for the Kings, do they keep Brant Clark at the NHL level and burn a year of his entry-level contract for 40 games? Of course, a lot depends on what what's the position that the Kings are in with 40 games left in the season, basically half a season left. Um, and we don't know what the answer to that is at this point. So... The, the bottom line is it's still to be determined. The Kings are doing everything they can to get Brant Clark as much high-level competition as they can and, you know, to keep him from and, – and still while not burning that first year of his entry-level contract. Whether they feel that he can help the team that much with 40 games left and they're willing to keep him on as an NHL player or not it is still yet to be determined. So it's it's been a very interesting saga – with Brant Clark, and the bottom line is, at this point, it doesn't look like we're going to get an answer for a while longer. So the next step is to see, is Brant Clark going to be selected for the World Junior Team, for Team Canada, and uh, then we'll go from there. So that's the next thing we're going to try and get some news on, and when we found out, when we hear about that, we will pass it along to you and kind of see where we are uh, at this point. All right, so again, the Kings getting ready to take on a surprising Seattle Kraken team on Tuesday. It's a big game for the Kings, again, chasing a team in the standings. Seattle right now, number two in the Pacific Division, trailing the Vegas Golden Knights. Kraken are 1-0 against the Kings this season. They beat LA 4-1 in the second game of the season at Crypto.com Arena. Um, actually, I think I think they've played, yes, they played in Seattle as well recently. So this is the third meeting already of the season between the Kings and the Kraken. So I was uh, apologize on that, uh, but a big game, a big game coming up for the Kings. We'll do a deeper dive on Kraken versus Kings on tomorrow's show, but uh, hopefully LA uh, is going to be ready to come out strong 
in that game uh, against the Kraken because they can't afford to sleepwalk through the first period like they did against the Ottawa Senators. All right, we're going to talk more about that on tomorrow's show. Uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. If you want to, again, send any feedback about anything we've talked about, anything going on with the show, anything going on with the Kings that you want to talk about, the email address is LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, LockedOnEddie at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings. There's an Instagram page as well, at LockedOnLAKings as well. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. For your next listen, check out Locked on Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, thank you so much for watching this show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. Hoping the Kings are ready for a big game on Tuesday. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go!